0: The images of racial violence, white supremacists marching with torches and using hateful rhetoric to denounce people of color and of Asian and Jewish descent has shocked and horrified most of us. Holocaust Remembrance Day is later this week. How can people of all ethnic backgrounds help each other overcome bigotry? We'll discuss the disturbing history of persecution of Jewish people and the current troubling rise of anti-Semitism today on Talk of Alaska.
1: Talk of Alaska is brought to you in part by your local public radio station.
2: People who smoke or have smoking-related conditions like lung and heart disease are more likely to get seriously ill from COVID-19. Not using any tobacco or e-cigarette products is one of the best ways to keep your immune system strong, ready to fight all kinds of viruses. If you decide to quit, help is available. Call Alaska's Tobacco Quit Line at 1-800-QUIT-NOW or text READY to 200-400 to get the support you need to quit for good. This message sponsored by Alaska's Tobacco Quit Line. The Alaska Travel Industry Association provides leadership and guidance to Alaska's tourism businesses for how to operate safely across the state. Members can access updated industry resources related to COVID-19 at alaskatia.org. This message sponsored by ATIA.
1: The views expressed on this program are those of the participants and not necessarily those of Alaska Public Media, this station, or its underwriters.
0: Hello, it's Talk of Alaska. I'm Lori Townsend. The Holocaust was a dark period of violence and death perpetrated against Jews by adherence to a hate-based and false ideology of white supremacy. Hitler's Third Reich ended in 1945 when Allied forces defeated the Nazis, but the nightmare of that era continues to cause pain. Jews and other people held prisoner by Nazis at the death camp at Auschwitz were liberated on January 27, 1945. That date is now designated as the International Holocaust Remembrance Day by the United Nations. For so many families across the planet that are descendants of those who were murdered, and for those who are saddened and shocked that it happened, January 27th may be a day of quiet reflection. For others, it may be a day of education and action to promote respect and healing. It is also an important time to recognize that hate, bigotry, and racism continue to harm lives today, and recent anti-Semitic actions in Alaska and other states is a painful reminder. Here today to help us understand where progress toward more respect and less division has been made and where work is still needed is Rabbi Yosef Greenberg with the Lubavitch Jewish Center of Alaska. Welcome, Rabbi. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us. Also, with us today is Robin Dern. Robin is a board member of the Anti Defamation League's Pacific Northwest Board. And also, Miri Cypers is the Northwest Director of the Anti Defamation League. Welcome, both of you, as well. Thank you, Thanks Lori, so much for having me. You can also join our conversation, Alaskans. Have you worked to combat racism and help make your community a safer place for all people? Have you seen negative behavior toward Jewish people or intolerance in your community? Are you worried about the rise in anti-Semitism and want to know how to help? You can join our conversation statewide at 1-800-478-8255. That's one 1-800- 800 478-8255. If you're in Anchorage, the local number is 550-8422, 550-8422. You can also email us, talk at alaskapublic.org. We do have a couple emails in, and we'll get to those in just a bit. You can also send your questions or comments that way if you'd like. Rabbi Greenberg, I'd like to start with you. The hostage hostage situation in a Texas synagogue about a little more than a week ago, when the news mm-hmm. first broke, it was hard to imagine that the eventual outcome would see all of the hostages escape, physically unharmed, and only the hostage taker killed. The rabbi there saw an opportunity to help them get away and boldly took it and was successful. What were you thinking about during that long, many hours wait until they escaped?
3: To be honest, it's a, obviously it's a very, um everyone every leader in the jewish community when such a thing happens uh readings uh, all the security um measures that we have in our synagogue in our center in our, in our museum and uh, of course it brings uh, very uh, very painful memories and feelings from other stories As you remember just a few years ago there were several stories in um, synagogues around america where it did not end so great and it was a, it was not such a happy ending, and uh, and we always uh, think about what can we do from the point of view of security, and what can we do from a bigger picture, from the point of view of education, how to educate the world, first Americans and the rest of the world. But at the introduction, I must say, right in the beginning that Alaska is a very I've been in Alaska in Anchorage for 30 years, and the community here is very very welcoming, very tolerant, and very. Uh, very embracing of, of, of Jewish people, of minorities. So it's not really, it's not it's not like we should say, it's not an Alaskan problem or an American problem. It's, of course, we have a very, very small minority that has this issue that we have to deal with, but most of Americans, most of Alaskans, so 99%, 09 are all friendly and wonderful people.
0: Well, I wanna talk, uh, drill down a little bit more there, but let's talk about events that have happened recently in in Alaska. Fortunately, no one was physically hurt, but swastikas and other threatening images were put on the outside of the Jewish Museum in Anchorage, on the outside of a bar downtown that is popular with LGBTQ people, and similar hateful graffiti has shown up more than once in Petersburg. How do you talk to your synagogue members about this so that they feel less afraid? And then what has the community response been? Have people reached out to you saying, you know, we're, we want to stand in solidarity with you?
3: Oh, of course. Um, first of all, I want to thank all Alaskans, um, You know, from every walks of life. Everyone came out in an amazing solidarity for the Jewish community. And for the other communities who suffered, um, I what I do, what I always say, uh, you, you probably know that uh, finally the person who was involved behind the Swastika stickers was caught by the FBI and the police. And what it seems like again, and it's not an Alaskan problem; it's being influenced by, by he was influenced by the internet, by you know, sermons and speeches that he heard from others, white white supremacists. Around the country, so we see that there is a problem and the the ultimately the problem boils down to education as more people do education in the right direction, it will change and and I can tell you that what the FBI told me that his entire family was actually shocked and they couldn't believe that they that they have a member of their family who was involved in such things so it just shows you that ninety nine percent of the people are, are have tolerance and 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 it's only a matter of, of that we have to increase our education, so our people when we speak to our community members, we all know that that it's not really uh, that that we feel uh, supported by the entire community and it's only a matter of a very small minority and it's usually people who are who disattached from reality, and therefore that is people who have uh, a lack of of spirituality, I would say and of humanity. And that's, I think, one of the... I I feel that there is a a lack of education in that direction in general in the United States of educating children and adults of the sense of purpose and mission in life. When a person is ready to hurt his own life or someone else's life, it means that he has no appreciation to life, has no appreciation understanding of that he has a sense of purpose, That everyone here is for a mission, everyone here is for a purpose. We all complement each other. Every human being has a. I mean, when you look to what happened in Nazi Germany, you could see that. That uh, I always tell, and I and when I talk to to young students, I always tell them that if you want to understand what is the parliament antisemitism, just check the resumes of all those leaders throughout the history who have been known to be. anti-Jewish, anti-Sem- anti-Semites, talk of Hitler, of Stalin, and go all the way back to to uh, to Nebuchadnezzar, or go all the way back to, to the Pharaohs. When you go on the resumes of all those people, Saddam Hussein, you'll see that the same people who have been fighting the Jewish people are those people who have no value to human life. Saddam Hussein killed his own two which law which means that... Uh, that's it's actually a badge of honor for the Jewish people that these murderers were against the Jews because what they saw of the Jewish people, they felt if you kill the messenger, you'll kill the message, the message of thou should not murder in the Ten Commandments, the values and, uh, and the appreciation to human life that Judaism has brought to the world. So I think it's, a, it's a, actually we have to understand it's when we see a person who is doing such a thing, this person, this swastika sticker, I could tell you that he's a person who's not happy with his own life. He has no appreciation of his own life. He has no understanding what life is all about. Think about Germany, Nazi Germany. Those of you know the history that in Germany, Hitler put to death thousands of children who were special needs and handicapped because he felt that they had no free eaters, as he called them. So we see that we see it's the people, Stalin and Hitler killed their own people. He sent millions of people, millions of Germans and millions of Russians to death in his own right without the Jewish people. So I'm saying when we look into what really tolerance is all about, it's about spirituality and understanding and appreciating your own life. If you are happy with your life, if you are happy with yourself, you will never hurt another person. You'll always see, you'll be happy with another person, you'll appreciate another person. It's all about education who
0: really we are. And respect for all all human life and, and the gifts that each individual person brings to all of us. Thank you, Rabbi Yosef Greenberg. If you're just joining us, we're talking today about combating, combating anti-Semitism and bigotry. On the line with us today is Rabbi Yosef Greenberg, who is with the Lubavitch Jewish Center of Alaska. Robin Dern is a board member of the Anti-Defamation League, the Pacific Northwest Board. And Mary Cypers is the Northwest Director of the Anti-Defamation League. Mary, I want to turn to you now. Uh, Rabbi Greenberg was talking about how he he uh, has the ability, it seems, to focus more on the good than the bad, which is uh, wonderful and, and important for mental well-being as well. But we are seeing uh, a rise in, in um, anti-Semitism. It's part of a nationwide rise of hate. What is the Anti-Defamation League seeing and how much has changed in recent years? What are the numbers? And what do you want people to do in response?
4: Thank you so much for having me. And I do agree with what the rabbi was saying in terms of, it's very hard for us to look at this surge of hate and not feel overwhelmed and hopeless. But I do think he's right in the fact that the majority of people in our country are good and well-intentioned and respectful of others. But we do absolutely have a problem with a surge in hate we're seeing in Alaska and in all of our communities across the country and antisemitism specifically is what we focus on. But I do think something troubling that I would highlight is that although extremism is absolutely surging and becoming more normalized, what we see with everyday acts of antisemitism and hate are that everyday people are perpetrating it. So we absolutely have a problem. When it comes to the data around what we're seeing, since 2016, we've been seeing a steep rise And hate against so many different marginalized communities including the jewish community Um, when you look at both data that the fbi releases on an annual basis and an annual adl report that really reflects what's happening in our communities um, it's called an anti-semitic audit that we've done since 1979 and we truly believe that by collecting anecdotes And learning about what's happening on the ground to the different members of the community, it gives us a full picture about what's happening and that kind of data helps us drive policy and inform our solutions to the problem. But as you alluded to, in the past couple of years we have been seeing a surge in hate. We've been seeing a surge in normalization of extremism and that kind of um, that kind of biased attitudes and behaviors are Um, being funneled into action and to violence. So it is a real unfortunate reality that we're facing in terms of the Jewish community, Um, but it is the reality that we're facing, whether it's Poway or what just recently happened in Colleyville or the Tree of Life um, and many other instances when Jewish institutions or individuals have been targeted. Um, You know, anti-Semitism is truly surging in our country, and there's a lot that we need to do about it. I'll also say i think one of the interesting things about data is that sometimes it can help us uncover the problem and sometimes it can help us maybe uncover a bigger problem and when i look at our audit that we do every year on anti-semitism specifically and i look at that at the fbi data that's released about alaska there are so few hate crimes reported in alaska Um, over the past couple of years. The last year that the the, um, FBI did their audit um, was reflective of what happened in Alaska in 2019. And there were only 33 hate crimes reported for the entire state from five agencies. So by my count, that means about 45 agencies didn't report, even if they were reporting only zero hate crimes. So I definitely think there is so much more work to do in terms of um doing the proactive and prevention oriented work to ensure that our young people and all members of our community have those values of respect and uphold the dignity of others and stand up for one another and speak out and i also think on a systems level there's a lot of change that need to happen in terms of communities being able to come forward and report what's going on for law enforcement to be able to be trained appropriately and respond the data to be reflective of what's going on in our communities so i think there is a lot of work Um, what we say at the adl is that there is no silver bullet that's going to fight anti-semitism or hate these are century-long problems that we've been working on and addressing but you really need that all society approach you know through education through our um you know justice and law enforcement systems working through communities and through elected officials also who have a really important role in speaking out against hate and modeling civil discourse and the respect for all people. So those are a few of my thoughts on what the problem is and some solutions moving forward.
0: All right. Thank you, Mary. The the disturbing incidents in Alaska that we were discussing uh, just a few moments ago with Rabbi Greenberg In your discussions with others, how do Jewish Alaskans talk about and cope with these kinds of violations against their right to a peaceful life?
4: You know, from my experience working at the ADL, serving all different sorts of Jewish communities, some in areas where there are vibrant big hubs and some where communities are a little more isolated, my sense is that being a Jewish person in Alaska, um, you know, while being, um, you know, part of a vibrant and diverse and wonderful community can also be hard and isolating when one is maybe the only, you know, in a school or in a community, you know, or in your workplace. So I could imagine how that is challenging, um, you know, to maybe feel isolated because of your identity. So I do think that's really something that we're trying to be able to support. Um, How do we, um, you know, how do we foster, vibrant Jewish life and do the kind of work that we do at the ADL um, to not only, you know, ensure that our Jewish communities are safe and thriving, but how do we also, you know, support other communities and build allies so we have, um, you know, important friendships in this fight. So I think, you know, there is a lot of work to do from everyday people to be able to support, you know, Alaskans and others from marginalized communities that are experiencing this upsurge in hate that can be a really isolating and painful experience.
0: All right, thank you. If you're just tuning in, this is Talk of Alaska, and today we're talking about how to combat anti-Semitism and other bigotry and hatred. On the phone today is Rabbi Yosef Greenberg with the Lubavitch Jewish Center of Alaska, Robin Dern, who is a board member of the Anti-Defamation League Pacific Northwest Board, and Miri Cypers, who is the Northwest Director of the Anti-Defamation League. You can join our conversation at 1-800-478-8255. That's the number statewide, 1-800-478-8255. If you're in Anchorage, the local number is 550-8422, You can also email talk at alaskapublic.org. Robin, I want to turn to you now, uh, going back to the story about the Texas synagogue. You had mentioned in an earlier interview that the statistics, and Mary was certainly talking about this, that the statistics of the rise in anti-Semitism are shocking. Talk about that, uh, your thoughts about it, and how you're coping and what recommendations you have for others to cope with these numbers.
5: Yes, thank you, Lori, for having me today. I, I appreciate that this conversation is happening I've uh, been dedicated toward combating hate at all levels. And um, for me, uh, while the statistics and the rise in anti-Semitism and hate in general are extremely alarming, um, I I have hope. Uh, And just like Rabbi Greenberg said and Mary echoed, uh, a lot of that hope is rooted in education and particularly work with children, uh, I think that we can change attitudes by education. You know, using education and educating individuals, and and giving voice to our youngest generation is is really very important when it when it comes to combating these types of actions. And so. Um, Personally, that's where I try and drive my efforts the way that I first got involved with the ADL was through their education committee uh, and and then subsequently becoming a trainer uh, and bringing to to schools locally uh, programs uh, designed around starting hard conversations where uh, students and teachers, uh, faculty members are encouraged to talk honestly about inherent bias and and about this hate and about how we find more commonality um, and more of what brings us together instead of allowing essentially fear and divisiveness drive us apart. Um, You know, I I think of, of inspiring young voices when it comes to times like these, when you feel sort of overtaken, uh, by the emotion that, uh, comes along with seeing, uh, you know, such targeted and, uh, and, 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 and visceral actions against any particular marginalized group. And, I, you know, I think of Anne Frank, obviously, as a voice, you know, when, when we're talking about Holocaust Memorial. But I also think more recently of people like Amanda Gorman and um, the impressive list of activist voices that were born from the Stoneman Douglas mass murder tragedy, um, but there's really no shortage of wisdom um, that our communities can clean from their youth because I, I know this because I witnessed it firsthand here at South High School in Anchorage a couple of years ago, um, about 100 uh, volunteer student leaders came together to address just this topic. Um, They were led uh, by a representative at the time of uh, the U.S. Department of Justice who facilitated uh, a group of local civic leaders and they worked together with the kids to determine how to lead a culture change at their school and among peers and, and, and also within one of their main areas of concern which was the rise of hate speech and bullying online and in platforms such as gaming platforms and social media so you know i I think that uh while we continue to unfortunately experience these uh, horrific acts of hate uh, our our only tool is is education and is uh finding those uh intersections where we can begin to understand one another and begin to understand to be honest ourselves and where where our fears uh, lead us so that we can, you know, start to really delve into the core of, of where hate comes from and where it derives its power. Uh, I also know that we're lucky here in Alaska to have uh, one, I believe, um, Holocaust education, uh, certified Holocaust education teacher within the school district. And, you know, these are programs that are offered through the ADL, but also offered through several um, organizations throughout the country, that you know, my hope would be that you know, it, it, as each incident happens, um, we aren't, we don't withdraw, that we move forward and that we meet it with a countermeasure of having more teachers that we would certify in that way, of you know, I- introducing more and more uh, opportunities for children and for community members to to learn Um, my my resolve to this work uh, was probably personally uh, strengthened to really pursue this this in earnest after the tree of life synagogue shooting in pittsburgh because i myself was raised only a few blocks away and so while knowing many of the names and several of the faces, and of course the place, um, it didn't really make the tragedy greater than anything that's happened recently. For me, it, it did make it more tangibly real. And uh, while I do remember feeling like all I wanted to do was cry and withdraw and, um, and, and you know, oftentimes just wonder how, how humanity could, could deal this hand, um, I, I was more moved to want to speak out and speak up and, um, do the work of helping to combat, you know, what I see as a, a rising problem in our society, but not just ours, not just America, I mean, across, right. across the world. Absolutely. So, Yeah.
0: And, and Rabbi Greenberg picking up there on, on, um, Robin's thoughts about this idea of when these things happen and and how it can feel overwhelming and and make people want to retreat or, um, you know, feel overwhelmed by it. How do you help uh, folks feel empowered to take positive action to counteract these disturbing events? What are some of the things that you suggest?
3: I'll share with you a story that happened last year. And uh, one of the children in our school came home devastated um, as a friend of hers, a classmate in one of the public schools in Anchorage. He actually wrote horrible things on her school school, uh, yearbook, and she was literally devastated. And the parents were devastated. It was like horrible, horrible Nazi type of stuff. And, and, um, And we were shocked. So I told the parents that I think the best approach would be to work with it, to work with his parents, and to work with the school. And the teachers were so cooperative in such an amazing way. The parents of that child were horrified. They couldn't believe it, and they were calling and apologizing and saying that they never speak like that, that they don't know where they picked it up, and on and on. And at the end of the story, this child apologized, and this young lady Insisted to invite him to Hobbat mitzvah celebration, and there was it was a really uh, complete turnaround. Not, it was it was so it was so effective that the other parents in the school who know this family didn't want to even talk to that family until they heard that they they that they came around and that they apologized. It was it was horrible. Like this kid, all his friends didn't want to talk to him for the first few days in school. It was an amazing. Amazing to see how the parents in Anchorage really took that so seriously, and were horrified and acted. And at, 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 at such a, at the end, it was such an educational experience for everyone involved. And I see this in every way. Uh, the same thing uh, for that reason. Just to go back to this issue, yes, it's very devastating. Uh, when the story happened in the museum, our creator was afraid to be in the building. We had parents in our preschool who were nervous sending the children. I remember, if you remember, a few years ago there was a call to our building about there is a bomb threat. There was at the time there was calls going to many, many Jewish centers around the world. It was a very devastating story. We had to literally call the parents immediately. We 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 advocated the building, a bit, and was, we took the children to, to, to a building across the street from us to the doctor's office. It was devastating for the parents. I'm not, I'm not trying to undermine it. And when such a story happens, even thank God we never had anything serious, but those threatening moments are very devastating and very scary. But um, we always thank God there was never anything serious here, but we always know that we have to move forward, and the only way to move forward is through education. And that's for that reason, if we have time, we could talk about the exhibit that we have in our Jewish museum about the Holocaust story of Alaska from 75 years ago.
0: We will definitely be able to uh, get that in in our second half of the program today. Thank you for that story, Rabbi Greenberg, about how a family, you know, and that's, as you said, that's what it takes is education. And it's one to one people talking to each other instead of, of of the family being angry and just staying silent. They came together, and um, there was uh, an educational effort there and an invitation that no doubt changed uh, the lives of this family and um, the other family and. So it uh, sounds like the best possible outcome in a situation that started out in such a disturbing way. We're going to continue this conversation on how to combat anti-Semitism and other bigotry and hatred as Talk of Alaska continues statewide.
1: Talk of Alaska is brought to you in part by your local public radio station.
0: With Omicron
2: spreading fast, many Alaskans will test positive for COVID-19. If this happens to you, what should you do? Head home and isolate as best as you can away from others. Let your close contacts know they may have been exposed so they can quarantine. Get plenty of rest and stay hydrated. Call your doctor. Treatments may be available, especially if you are at high risk for severe illness. If your symptoms worsen, seek medical help. This message sponsored by the Department of Health and Social Services.
0: Welcome back to Talk of Alaska. Today we're discussing the fact that January 27th, later this week, will be Holocaust Remembrance Day. And uh, on the line with us today, talking about how to combat anti-Semitism, is Rabbi jo- Joseph Greenberg with the Lubavitch Jewish Center of Alaska, Robin Dern, who is a board member of the Anti-Defamation League Pacific Northwest Board, and Mary Cypress, who is the Northwest Director for the Anti-Defamation League. Rabbi Greenberg, I want to pick back up with you again. Oh, and I should mention that you can join us if you have questions or comments or want to know how you can help out in your community. Statewide, the numbers are 1-800-478-8255. That's 1-800-478-8255. If you're in Anchorage, the local number is 550-8422. 8422 You can also email talk at alaskapublic.org. Rabbi We were talking about education efforts. Have you made efforts to help educate people about what wearing the Star of David means and when it is and is not appropriate to wear one? Last spring, there were people who wore them at Anchorage Assembly meetings as a protest against mask mandates. What was your reaction to that?
3: To be honest, I was horrified, and I really felt it coming only from ignorance. And from lack of understanding what that means, what that stands for, and how, you know, how people don't understand, there is no perspective, how can you compare mask wearing to Nazi Germany? And to be honest, after I made a statement in the news, um, many people called me and they apologized for doing it. Some people even wrote to me emails and said, can they talk to me about it? They, they really didn't understand why is it so horrible? And I and I took the time to explain, um, I, and I think most people really understood. And of course, most of the community were absolutely outright against that. And and was it was sad that people didn't understand that you don't that there is you know you chip in and it's a disrespect to the Holocaust victims and survivors and to the entire humanity when you compare those things. People could have debate of a mask and of a vaccine, but it has to be a respectful debate and never to go down to such a level.
0: And, and, and following up there, we did have an email from someone who uh, named Denise who was writing in about the assembly anti-Semitism, and um, Denise wrote, I never once had the thought that people wearing a yellow star of David was anti-Semitism. Um, She went on to relay a story that she'd heard once about um, a young girl that was wearing a yellow star and an older gentleman saying that it was good for her to wear it uh, in remembrance of those who were lost in the Holocaust and as a reminder of never again. So she, Denise was struggling with why it was offensive at the Assembly. Could you clarify a little more uh, your thoughts there? Yes.
3: Yes. of course, maybe if she was wearing it, and some gentleman told her it's a good thing, it probably it was in a peaceful way, in you know, a way of remembering them. I mean, you could go to Holocaust museums, and you could see, you know, pictures and so on of people wearing them. And if there there might be some, you know, some children's Holocaust plays where they will, where they where they will wear those 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 shirts by remembering the Holocaust. That's one thing, but by comparing us anything that's being done regarding to mask or any policies in America, where there are people debate of what's the right policy, how to prevent COVID to compare that to atrocities of the Holocaust. It's just an, an embarrassment. It's uh, it's like, it's like playing down as if saying that what happened there in Germany is okay because it's happening now here. And, you know, to con- I mean, it's it's disrespectful in any point of, of in any way. Looking at the, first to compare the people who want to wear masks to compare them to Nazis. I mean, this is totally out. And if if it's, it's hard to explain it, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, this is like as as, as disrespectful in any way, or shape, or form. I'm not saying that they probably they had good intentions. They were trying to bring out a point. They they felt cornered and so on. But but this is not the way to do it. There's no question about that.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, Rabbi, for that. Miri, um, I want to turn back to you. The the uh, rabbi in Texas had mentioned security and um, training, security training and for the building, and um, we'll also get Rabbi Greenberg to talk a little bit about that in a bit, but does the Anti-Defamation League have recommendations on safety for synagogues and other places of worship?
4: Yeah, it is a really great question. And I I do think one piece of the discussion that's often missing is the security piece of how Jewish institutions over the last few decades, and even more so in recent years, have really had to put together strong security measures and what, what that has looked like. Um, you know, just from my own experience, sending my kids to a Jewish preschool every day they go to school and there's an armed guard outside. And growing up, I also never really questioned why there were always armed guards outside of synagogues and community centers and schools. So I do think unfortunately it's become a reality of Jewish life in the United States and in so many other places across the country where even though we do um, you know, have such a degree of privilege, you know, to live in the United States and so much privilege in so many aspects of our identity, you know, there's so much vulnerability. And I don't really think that people connect the dots. And I don't really see that when you go necessarily to a lot of other faith-related institutions. So it is a really sad fact of life in the United States for the Jewish community. Um, You know, the ADL has a lot of resources for different jewish institutions and communities um, that are looking to learn more about safety Um, i'll tell you a little bit more about what we do and where we partner with others but um, we basically intake reports um, from community members when acts of hate discrimination anti-semitism etc happen and we have a lot of internal resources and staffing to be able to help people navigate when they're impacted by hate And that kind of information um, really allows us to have a sense of what's going on on the ground to contact law enforcement or K through 12 schools or employers, et cetera, to be able to be effective advocates for people. And also it helps us to be able to pull together data so we can talk to the public about what's going on. So I would say when people do experience an act of hate, we certainly always encourage them to contact law enforcement first. But we at the ADL are really there as a trusted community partner. And if you go to adlorg slash report incident, our regional offices are there um, to support and get back to people quickly. And we also have um, a lot of um, educational programs that we also provide to law enforcement because we feel like a really important player in this game of, not this game, um, in this, Unfortunate climate of hate is the need for law enforcement to be responsive to vulnerable groups that are being targeted by hate. So, we offer training to law enforcement related to how to better respond to hate crimes, Mm -hmm. um, how to understand domestic extremism. Um, We have one in particular where we actually partner with a local Holocaust Center or Jewish Museum and actually take law enforcement on a historical journey um, that really looks at the erosion of democratic principles and law enforcement in Nazi Germany. And we have a contemporary conversation today about how law enforcement can uphold the values of dignity and respect um, that all people truly deserve. So I think that there are a lot of ways that we at the ADL um, really function to protect and secure Jewish and all of our communities. And we have partnerships with groups like the Secure Community Networks and others that actually go into Jewish institutions and do community security training. So, and I, um, you know, congregants and, and clergy are prepared in the worst case scenario.
0: Uh, thank you so much for that. And and I want to talk more about the educational aspect here in just a moment, but let's go to the phones. Mary is in Anchorage. Hi, Mary.
6: Hello. Hope oh, you can hear me. I'm not able to get up. My I have my hands in splints and I have my I have a knee brace on, and I injured my rotator cuff. But I wanted to make a comment today about
0: uh, my. Can Can like, you reach your radio and turn it down so that I, we? I
6: can't. I can't get up. Okay.
0: <laughs> All right. No. No worries. Go ahead.
6: Uh, I have to I have my hands in braces. I have my knee, and I I got a knee brace right now. I rotator cuff injury, so I can't get up on my chair. I'm real sorry. I just wanted to make a comment of the hatred. Uh, one of my neighbors. My son died last year, and I got very ill. And I wasn't able to drive my car because of my hand and splint and my knee. So I asked my neighbor to take me to cars. Well, I love Jewish food. I have always loved Jewish food. And I was reaching to get some Jewish food off the shelf because I love I the chocolate cakes, the, uh, dark, the dark chocolate, everything, the the um, fish in a jar, everything. Well, I was wet to reach. She hit me with her fist. She wears rings on all her fingers except for her thumb. She hit me so hard. I almost fell out of the handicapped cart. And I looked and I said, uh, why did you hit me? She said, because the Jews killed Jesus. You should be buying Jewish food. And I thought to myself, oh, my God, I have never seen such hatred. She just went on about Jews in a store. And I thought, I- and then I, I was thinking back. My husband was very generous to her over the over the years. We lived in Cooper Landing, and then and Anchorage. And whenever ever came in, she would come over. And she always went everywhere with us. And all my fur um, coats came from David Green's. My short coat, my long coat, my native coat—all my everything came. And she made a comment to my husband one day that she would never be able to afford a, a main coat. So what did my sweet darling husband do? David green and had a coat. Um,
0: Mary, we're going to have to wrap it up here. It's just and, kind of uh, difficult to hear you, you with the feedback and the echo, so um, I'm sorry about that. I wish you could have turned your radio down so we could have uh, heard more about that experience. It certainly sounds disturbing and troubling. And again, going back to the issue of education and the need to do that, um, before I go back to Rabbi Greenberg, Robin, uh, you had mentioned that there is only one teacher certified to teach Holocaust education in the in the Anchorage school district. Where do teachers get this kind of training, and um, how much? do you know about other school districts and, and having this sort of teaching in classrooms that from Mary's uh, example, this disturbing incident with a neighbor, clearly, as we've been just saying, more education is needed. How do you think that would be received today At if school boards were, were going forward with more education on the Holocaust in this overheated climate of uh, people pushing back against teaching, um, you know, there's been a lot of of uh, rhetoric around uh, critical race theory, which isn't taught in schools. It's taught in law schools. Um, people thinking that uh, their their children are going to be subjected to something they don't want them to have to learn. How do you see that fitting in uh, this idea of teaching more about the Holocaust in this overheated, political climate that we have right now?
5: Okay. So I, 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 first of all, I think it's a great thing that we have one certified educator. So I try and look at it more as a, this is an opening, you know, we have one certified educator. So we, that I know of, there may be more. So this is, this is what I know of. And, and so that, that's an opening. That's, that's a resource. And that's an opportunity for us to try and find out what compelled her to go after the certification, what kind of support she received, and then how to replicate that effort um, throughout the district. And I and I do think there are partners on the school board and within the, the district leadership toward this effort, because I do know that they, are, they have been partners with the No Place for Hate program that the ADL offers to bring into the schools where uh, the schools themselves uh, commit to um, you know, developing the conversations to begin to change the climate, uh, to turn hate around uh, in schools or even just indifference or, uh, as, as Rabbi Greenberg said, ignorance, um, and so I, I feel like uh, there's opportunity there and uh, it's it's work that um, you know hopefully we'll be able to continue uh, not only through the adl but through the jewish community and through partner communities that are interested in uh, you know promoting this kind of uh, awareness uh, to, to children um you know i believe that holocaust history and the stories of the six million jews who lost their lives and those who survived along with all of world war ii history and the stories of those veterans of war who fought they may have been captured as prisoners of war or who died in service, but especially those veterans who liberated the camps, all of those stories hold critical lessons to understanding how hate can build and threaten and ultimately lead to violence and war. And, you know, bridging this hundred year gap uh, between when it happened and now, you um, can also be achieved even maybe more poignantly uh, by including stories of the invasion occupation of our own land. So here in Alaska, that's particularly pertinent when you think about the Aleutian campaign and um, and what happened at Attu and the Aleutian Islands. And when you couple that with the history behind the bombing of Pearl Harbor, I mean, there are some really resonant voices that still exist that can connect I think viscerally with children that are that that are holocaust based but that are also world war ii based coming from different places I you know we have a very concentrated group of veterans possibly more than anywhere else in the country here and Absolutely. I you know it's so, a a wealth of resource for us. It Um, is. I also do want to mention-
0: uh, We are going to have to take uh, a quick uh, break. I'm sorry, Robin. I'm sorry to interrupt, but we need to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue our discussion and uh, look at an email from someone who is asking about uh, education in a particular fashion as Talk of Alaska
1: continues. Talk of Alaska is brought to you in part by your local public radio station.
2: The Alaska Travel Industry Association provides leadership and guidance to Alaska's tourism businesses for how to operate safely across the state. Members can access updated industry resources related to COVID-19 at alaskatia.org. This message sponsored by ATIA. Parents, did you know that one out of four Alaska high school students currently use e-cigarettes? E-cigarettes are easy to use and easy to hide. What teens breathe in and out from e-cigarettes is not safe. It contains cancer-causing chemicals, toxic metals, and nicotine. Nicotine can lead to addiction. It can harm brain development and hurt memory, learning, and attention span. Parents, talk to your teens about vaping. Visit Live Free at alaskaquitline.com. This message sponsored by the Alaska
0: Tobacco Quitline. Welcome back to Talk of Alaska. We are Getting close to the end of the hour, and I want to get back on the issue of education. But first, let's go back to the phones for a moment. Jean is in Fairbanks. Hi, Jean.
1: Oh, hello.
6: Uh, Laura, I just wanted the guest to, to uh, cover the subject a bit of sort of poor leadership that allows and even rewards uh, anti Semiticism and racism. And how do we as ordinary citizens uh, combat this? <clears throat> I'm sure that not all members of one group of politi- politically, you know, Democrats or Republicans is, is guilt-free. But it seems to me that the Republican Party has been moved by poor leadership in a very scary uh, direction.
0: All right, Jean, thank you for your call. And let's talk a little bit more about this uh, idea of education and, and um, how people can uh, affect the future. We did have an email from Rich in Sitka, who said, I worked in USAID projects in the Balkans for almost two decades. Much of his work was on diversity training and anti-ethnic stereotyping in media. He says, the rabbi mentioned education as a solution, yet in Tito's Yugoslavia, much of the education was specifically anti-nationalistic, because Tito understood that nationalism and ethnic identity were historical dangers for the Western Balkans. Rich writes, despite this education, within a decade of Tito's death, we got ethnic wars and the hateful term ethnic cleansing. We have witnessed genocide trials at the Hague Tribunals. He says, obviously, education under Tito for 35 years did not work. What type of curriculum would uh, the rabbi recommend? So Rabbi... Um, you know, Rich raises an interesting point, as did Jean, about who's in leadership and, and how can people affect those things. Um, what would you say in response to that?
3: It's a, it's a very hard question. Um, for sure, it's, um, you know, we, we cannot give up on education. Um, I'm not sure, I'm not familiar with the type of education they have given there. And to be able to answer what specifically happened in that country, but we do see from everywhere in the world throughout history that education does help. Education does make a difference. I know, for example, in our Jewish Museum, you asked before about um, what is possible. Our curator uh, Leslie Freed, she for many years she has been giving um, workshops for. Uh, for for, for Anchorage School District public school teachers, she always had about 35 to 40 people come for a full day workshop of um, enriching them with Holocaust education. Um, Also the exhibit that we have in our Jewish Museum, to be honest with you, I was very, very nervous to put up that exhibit, because I'm a very positive and optimistic person and didn't want to bring up unpleasant story but I was convinced that it's important for education to have this story. And it's a very sad story, which uh, those of you know about the book, the novel of the Yiddish Policeman's Union is based on a truth, Michael Shaban, it's based on a truth of uh, Jewish people in, in Deutschland, Germany, who realized that they will not be able to get any more visas to the United States in 1938. And they realize on the map that there is this big territory which is called Alaska, which is an icebox, and it doesn't—it's not even a state. It only belongs to the United States. It's not even connected to the United States geographically. And they thought to themselves, "We are doctors, lawyers, judges, the writers. Can we come to Alaska and help develop the place? We will not go to the United States. And they were sending letters to the State Department begging for their lives to allow them to come to give them a visa, and uh, and of course." Um, it came back to Alaska to ask. Uh, there was a very wonderful man, um, Ikis who was the Secretary of Interior, and he was a very uh, wonderful humanitarian person, and he wanted to help. And He looked for different ways how he could make it, and it should not look like that they are trying to bring more people left the United States and not allow more immigrants. So he made it up as, a, as we're going to develop Alaska. That should be the way we approach it, and we're bring 5,000 people every year and so on. And, and unfortunately, there were communities in Alaska who actually said no. And in Fairbanks, there was a there was a, 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 a front page line, titled and it said the front page the Daily News and Fairbanks said Jewish immigrants are not suitable for Alaska. And there was a senator from from the state or from the territory of Alaska who gave a whole speech. And he said that there must be, the Germans are kicking the Jews out from Germany. There must be the Jews in Germany. The Jewish people do not do not know how to integrate a society. And the irony was that Jews in Germany, even Orthodox rabbis in Germany, used to walk around without hats and without beards. And they were the most integrated Jewish community ever in the history of Europe. So it's just chosen ignorance. Hmm. But from that, that end, Alaska is really... A welcoming and a very friendly place. It's a sad story that happened that period of history. It's come, it came from ignorance then, and from anti-Semitism that wasn't was holding in the world. So we do see, looking seventy years, what happened in Alaska. We also have the story of Alaskan Airlines um, pilots who have really put their life in danger to save fifty thousand refugees from Yemen to Israel in 1949. So it shows you. Both the both you know the both sides of Alaska and and uh, Alaska had a lot of wonderful people who yeah. went with those flights. So education does make a difference.
0: Education does, it- and we only have a couple minutes left, and I, I just want to look forward a bit. It's been a a very tough couple of years: the pandemic, the rise in white separatists, and conflict. On days when the news cycle is particularly bleak, where do you find hope and encouragement, Rabbi? And how do you bring that to the people that you serve?
3: I mean, I find hope every day when I see that there are so many people constantly who come came over to the synagogue, come over to the Jewish center, to the museum. I just had last night two priests who from Europe who came to visit the Jewish museum. And the way they spoke, to Catholic the the way they spoke about their history, one of them turned out to be that, that he's actually from a Jewish descent. The way they spoke with such love and care for the Jewish people and for the future of, of Jewish people in the world, it shows that, that uh, you know, the Holocaust, as much as horrible it was, it actually awakened humanity. And yes, we do see uh, now um, a rise in anti-Semitism, and it's true, and there is all kinds of reasons for it and there's no question that the fact that america is divided is a, is probably not not helping to to bring tolerance in america and i always tell people that if anything is, and if anything could and if anything threatens america it's not china china's business or china's wealth if there is anything which is threatening america is our own uh, the lack of unity in today's america mm. and I, We have to unite and come together, no matter what the differences are, because tolerance starts from home. We have to
0: be the united in the United States. And thank you, Rabbi. And in our final minute here, Mary, uh, what do you want people to do? What action should all people take to help create more respectful and harmonious communities? I
4: think it's such a good question, and it's a complicated one. But I think maybe as a first step, reflect on how words matter not only for everyday people, for our public officials, the words that we use, the behaviors that we exhibit matter and make a statement about our values. So I would really ask people to think carefully and thoughtfully about the kind of words that they're using um, and how those might impact positively or negatively the Jewish community and all of our neighbors. You know, I would also really ask people um, to, I think, think about how um, they can work with organizations like the ADL and other Jewish communities to really push forward and prevent um, the scourge of hate that we're seeing. We've had such a great conversation today about the need to provide more education in our school systems about the Jewish community and other communities and really create an inclusive culture for all of our students. So I would really ask people to focus on how we can make progress with the next generation so history doesn't repeat itself.
0: All right. Thank you so much. Uh, it has been a good conversation today about a very painful part of history and hope for the future. Uh, thanks to my guest today, Rabbi Yosef Greenberg with the Lubavitch Jewish Center of Alaska, Robin Dern, a board member of the Anti-Defamation League of the Pacific Northwest, and Mary Cypers, who is the Northwest Director of the Anti-Defamation League. Thanks to our engineer, Tobin Shelby, our producer, Adlin Baxter, and on the phones today, Kavitha George. I'm Laurie Townsend. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening.
1: of Alaska is a production of Alaska Public Media, which is solely responsible for its content. Views expressed are those of the participants and not necessarily those of Alaska Public Media, this station, or its underwriters. Today's program is available online at alaskapublic.org. This is Alaska Public Media.